Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. We're going to get a hold of the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Harvey Neiman. A big star, Harvey Neiman. Hi there. And there's Harvey. Harvey. We're going to pull Jay Izzo in here real quick and uh, get him involved in our in our uh, in our little broadcast fray <laughs> here. And uh, we've got Harvey Neiman with us today. He joins us live here in our big broadcast. And uh, a, a return to sanity here with Harvey Neiman. You don't know what the hell we just went through. CustomizeWallStreet.com is the website. Of course, it's available on Amazon. Harvey Neiman with us today. Uh, we are going to return back to sanity. Um, Jay Izzo with us today as well. I don't even know what the hell we just went through. R- Richard Kurtz, uh, our, our, our good buddy, sent me a message and said, I think you went through a tornado funnel but um is retailing as we know it dead and what would that mean for us so we've got harvey neiman with us today and these days more people that uh they 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 shop online from books to clothes to groceries we browse in our browsers provide our credit cards and eagerly away for treasures and uh, commodities we have ordered but what does that mean really how does it impact business the individual society in general with us today to talk about the changes in retail buying is the president and chief investment officer of Neiman Funds Management LLC, Harvey Neiman, who is sane, unlike our last guest. And uh, now, Harvey, I want to start on my first question, and I know Jay's got some questions for you. What are some of the famous retail stores that have downsized dramatically or even closed their doors completely due to this online shopping? Well, before I answer that very good question, Jiggy, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Yes. And I do have to add a, I have to add a little insanity to your show. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> Believe me, you're not gonna, you're, you're not it, gonna have it, any competition it, compared it, to the last guy. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, it is cloudy in oh, Southern California. Insane. There's nothing but clouds here today. And I don't know what to tell you. It puts me upside down. I can't, uh, it's usually sunny. And 75 degrees, and we have a nice, cool 69 degrees and a cloudy day. But uh, back, back to your request of sanity. Yes, yes. Uh, we, we have seen either the downsizing or demise, and just hold on to your hat, Radio Shack, practically gone. Yep. Sears, on the way out. It started in 1886. Kmart. Uh, reducing the number of stores. Our beloved Macy's across the country are downsizing and, and figuring out uh, a smaller footprint. J.C. Penney, lesser-known Jimboree on the way out of business. Payless Shoe Source, where uh, lots of working folks uh, go to get good deals on their two-for-one shoes. The great uh, Abercrombie uh, & Fitch, famous in New York City, started in 1892 is downsized. The Limited, very famous uh, corporation that I think includes Victoria's Secret. I'm not sure. I don't know their whole business, but that's, they're, they're, they're certainly reducing their, uh, their view. And then finally, the very famous A&P, great, uh, great Atlantic Pacific Tea Company, the first supermarket in the United States of America since 1859, 
closed actually all the way back in 2015. So uh, we we are seeing. I hope that answers your question. Is dramatic. It is totally dramatic that we are seeing very famous retailers. Uh, if I didn't mention Sears Roebuck, that's at one time the largest corporation on the planet, and certainly the largest through the early half, the first half of the 19th of the 20th century. Sears was the the behemoth, and we know they are little by little. Uh, they're closing their store in University Town Center, a very famous uh, La Jolla shopping mall, uh, known to everybody in San Diego. Uh, they're moving. They're moving out of UTC. So uh, that's the impact of online shopping is doing that to us. Well, let's be more specific, Harvey. Uh, it's 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 Amazon, really. I mean, Amazon. Amazon's the giant. I mean, they're the ones who have basically, and 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 they have. I mean, they. I mean, because Barnes and Noble was the first, really. When we think about it, Barnes and Noble is the first one really get hit hard by Amazon. At, at, at one point, right? Barnes was. I mean, they were the bookseller. Amazon comes on. Barnes didn't keep up. They're they're you know marginal. Dillard's is another company you didn't mention. That's struggling another major market that's uh, oh there are many more yes yeah, of course of course of there are many more yeah there's tons of retailers that are struggling but do we blame do we blame amazon or do we blame some of these retailers who chose not to get on board early well it's all the above and i don't think blame is part of my theme uh, really is where are we going from here and the introductory comment that uh, might have not been heard by our listeners quite as clearly that that jiggy phrased is is retailing dead and if i'm asked that question it's not dead it's got to rearrange its life is the uh, uh automobile manufacturing in the united states dead in the 1970s and 80s general motors etc no, it wasn't dead. It had to adapt to what the Japanese and the Germans and other foreign car makers were doing, and now we're we're a worldwide competitor. And I see, uh, I have some, you know, please continue with your questions because I think we can weave in some interesting insights that I've pre- prepared for our listeners. And and, and it, it's not dead, but it's a different ball game. You're a hundred percent correct. It's definitely a different ball game. Well, recently I was reading in the Wall Street Journal concerning this, and maybe you can address this, and maybe this is part of the questions, but, you know, Google and Walmart are now seem to be coming together here to make a challenge at Amazon. Yes, I've seen that. I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I've seen that, and I'm on your same page. Go ahead with your question. Sure. Yeah, so how do you see this? How do you see this playing out, and do you see this as being helpful to retail down the road? Well, I I don't know I don't know that anything has to be helpful to retail per se. I don't know that that Google is in the same business mm-hmm. because part of my commentary is Walmart, uh, Costco, Target, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Home Depot. They actually are already in the internet online business. They all have websites. And so we're going to ask a question earlier in the broadcast than I expected, but we're going to ask the question as part of an answer. Is it easier for Amazon to go into 
uh, brick and mortar retail from where it's positioned, or is it really easier for the bigger big box, the uh, the targets, uh, the 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 WalMarts? Uh, is it actually easier for them to just ramp up their online and be a competitor? So they're just going to add more services. Mm-hmm. Get into the book business. Get into the delivering uh, anything people want. And I've already seen it. I ordered a barbecue that I started on Amazon just three weeks ago, a nice outdoor infrared barbecue for when I have family and friends over. I ended up ordering it from Walmart because it's price. It was the same charbroil brand that you get on either Amazon, on Costco, on Target, or directly from the dealership themselves, you know, the, the manufacturer themselves. And Walmart delivered it right on time, when scheduled. And they, they aren't small. These companies aren't no. small. They may be second in line. But I have faith that a merger of uh, Amazon uh, purchasing Whole Foods is a message to me they want to go in the retail business to some degree because they need it. (laughs) They absolutely need it (laughs) because our American public likes to go shopping. (laughs) Anyway, that's a partial answer. That's a partial answer. It's not a complete answer, but it's a partial answer. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's no doubt that people still shop, right? I mean, there's absolutely no doubt. We're still shopping. We still go I know that some of the malls, you know, have taken a hit. I even know that I live here in North Carolina and our one of the largest malls in the south here is Crabtree Valley Mall here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I know that the sure. owner of that mall, and I know it's taken a little bit of a hit, <clears throat> but there's still, it's not like there's empty spaces in that mall. Right. I mean, there's still... Good to, good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> I mean, Yeah, well, there's still retailers, I think... I'm not saying that it's overblown. I, I, I do think that there is reason for concern, by the way. I, I do, because the the one piece of this, and maybe you can address this, is that you know ultimately these major retailers that you're talking about are kind of attached to the stock market one way or another and have investors. And when people stop right. investing in these in these retailers, well, then it becomes a problem. Now, it doesn't mean that the retailer, right? Am I right about this? It doesn't mean that the retailer is necessarily no longer profitable, but maybe they're not as profitable. Is that right? Well, I see um, what I would like to do. Uh, Jiggy, th- these questions are so appropriate, and I <laughs> I sort of want to try to answer them in order. So if we get Jiggy to go through his questions a little bit that are right on point with yours, well, we, uh, I'm going to answer the stock market. I'm going to answer that stock market question, absolutely. But I, I sort of think in a uh, – you know, in a certain progression of how I for this broadcast. So, uh, if, so if you don't mind, but I'm not avoiding your question. I, I, I'm going to get to that answer. It's a problem. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. Do, do, so, we've, do the question. We've, we've, we've got uh, Harvey Neiman here with us today. He joins us live. And uh, we uh, also have Jay Izzo riding shotgun with us today on this segment. He is a fantastic, as always. And uh, I... I Sometime we we've got to discuss the hurricane that that hit us a few moments ago. But uh, Harvey Neiman with us today. Shopping used to be both a pastime and an event. What what is it that makes online shopping more appealing than visiting an actual store, Harvey? Well, and that and I think that relates to a couple of the questions that that were just yeah. asked. Yeah. 
Uh, shopping is not the pastime originally that we think of it. Shopping is okay. a habit. If you're you're a little kid and your mom sent you to the store to get a bottle of milk, you went down the block to the local little small uh, mom-and-pop grocery store, got the bottle of milk, got the loaf of bread, and you came back home. Yes. So... Uh, so shopping is a habit. It turned into an event pretty much with the shopping mall that offered more than just going to the various uh, stores, the toy store, the clothing store, whatever. It offered entertainment. It offered food. It made, made that became an event. And so when I want to ask, ask, answer one of the questions, my clue of the death of retailing is not if you see a shopping mall downsize, but if you start seeing a shopping mall fail. If that means if people aren't still the kids, the teenagers are going to play the games, or in some of the have they have a skating rink there, they have the movie theaters there, and if people are no longer enjoying that, then I'm scared. That, then that catches my attention. That that whole way of life is over, and I don't see that Amazon is really threatening that. It is making a change in how we populate our shopping malls. We got Westfield out here in Southern California. They've just committed, looks like a couple billion dollars to increase University Town Center to something multi-huge, and it was big to begin with. Uh, so there's, co there, there's commitment to the brick and mortar. So the habits are going to change but not get broken. And I think that's the theme of that, almost every question you guys are going to ask me. Uh, it all started, I think one question is, how did this all get started? And yes, let's look at yes. Home Shopping Network. So go ahead, Jiggy. I interrupted uh, no, not, not a problem. We've got uh, Harvey Neiman with us today. He joins us live in a broadcast. Harvey Neiman is president and chief investment officer of Neiman Funds Management, LLC. He's been seen on CNBC, Fox Business, and has been interviewed by Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and many other publications. He joins us today here on our big broadcast. Jay Izzo with us today as well. Um, Amazon has become the thousand-pound gorilla of online shopping, as Jay was talking earlier. But it has been uh, seen as a different from the powerhouse retailer like Costco, Home Depot, Target, Walmart. Why did the announcement of Amazon purchasing Whole Foods trigger a stock market drop in the share prices of several of these powerhouse retailers like Walmart, Target, Home Depot, and Costco? Break it down for us, Harvey. Well, I view the stock market as a, an item. Uh, it's a barometer, uh, public sentiment. Uh, there's herd mentality. And instead of uh, all these stocks going uh, down, it's not a message that they're failing. <laughs> Their revenues are just fine, all these companies that you mentioned and, and many more. But it looks like the news came out that, oh, this merger or this purchase was uh, now indicating that uh, the people are going to stop going into the Targets and the Costco's, uh, the Sam's Club's. And, and, and Walmart. And I've just visited several of these stores in the last two or three weeks, and I'm seeing the same long lines that I've, I've seen a long, a long time. So the opposite is true, as I indicated earlier. Is this not a message in the big picture that Amazon feels for it to grow, even though it's huge already, but for it really to compete with retailers, it has to go in the retail business. And it's not shutting down Whole Foods. It's making Whole Foods more competitive. So that's, uh, I just read an article just in the last 24 hours that Amazon's deal 
with Whole Foods has been approved by their shareholders. There's no regulatory violations, you know, antitrust or anything going on to stop it. And the first thing they're going to do is lower the prices when you go into Whole Foods, which is known to be a pretty expensive place to shop. That's the first thing they have to do. What I wanted to address, though, is back up a second, Jiggy. Uh, how did all of this love for, for online shopping? And a few years ago, maybe a couple decades now, there was on cable TV, Home Shopping Network, and I know my mother-in-law, the kid's grandma, she was buying stuff on Home Shopping Network that she'd have to, 90% she'd have to send back because there was no use for them, but she'd buy the jewelry and all the things they saw in the makeup, whatever they sold, I didn't shop there. And that has evolved really into the online shopping because it's entertainment. Hello, folks. Do you like to sit, uh, Jay, do you like to sit and watch a football game, a hockey game, a baseball game, and eat nachos or whatever, pizza? Well, and that's what it is. Yeah, but, but you see, you're, you're, you're now shopping and going through Pinterest and, and, and all these uh, parts of your Facebook and, and you weave in um, Amazon and you're going through all this stuff and you don't have to walk around a mall because Americans are lazy. <laughs> we like to sit on our couch, munch our nachos, <laughs> and be entertained. And, and, and I see it as a continuation. Uh, home Shopping Network was the first entertainment that you could bring into your home unless you really like to have that uh, Encyclopedia Britannica uh, and the Hoover uh, <laughs> vacuum cleaner salesman walk into your house. If you really enjoyed that when they knocked on your door and you went, hey, sit down and show me all your vacuum cleaners, nobody liked that. But on TV or on our laptop, we love it. And, and let's adjust to it. And retailers will need to play that game. That's all. That's my message. Need to play that game. Uh, Jay, what do you think? Well, Jay. Well, I, I'll tell you. I see, I'm looking at it from a consumer psychologist <laughs> perspective because that's what I do is look study consumer psychology, and that's what my master's and doctoral That's work great. Is. And I'll tell you what I, I tell you what I think. First of all, I agree with you on a couple of things. I think one, people. I always say this on this program. As human beings, we are very sheep-like. So that means we will yes. follow the herd. And so it, you say yep. mentality. We we will do that. So I think that's first and foremost, and that's absolutely true. We will go where the herd goes because that's what we do as human beings. I think the other thing is, and you said this, and I think it's appropriate too. We are inherently lazy as human beings. If we don't have to, <laughs> I think that's just funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we don't have to move and you'll deliver it, why would I move? And the more that Amazon starts coming up with these creative ideas that they're going to deliver things by drone, or I've actually ordered something on Amazon in the morning and got it by the afternoon and not had to leave yeah. my house. So the more that you're right. able to do that is awesome. Now, this Whole Foods purchase that you've brilliantly discussed, I think is even bigger because I think it is a way for Amazon to deliver your food to you. And I believe that it is that we're going to see eventually that you're going to get Whole Foods delivery. You won't have to go yeah. to Whole Foods. You'll, you'll be able to have Whole Foods yeah. delivered to you. So I think it's. I, and think I it's, agree with you. I, I agree with you. Keep going. Keep going. I agree with what you just said. Yes. <laughs> well, and I, I think that I think that there, the only danger 
that I see in any of this is as Amazon becomes more and more creative and stays on the bleeding edge, not the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of retail. I think as they continue to do that from a consumer psychology standpoint, and, and I do agree with you that buying is a habit, but I think it is just as equal that that habit can be transferred to an online world because we're still purchasing and clearly Amazon is making a killing having things delivered from place to place. So I think they're expanding their territory. At the same time, I think we're also seeing Amazon, at least I've seen this a little bit in Bellevue, Washington, I think, where Amazon is opening up their own bookstore so that not only will they have a warehouse where they'll have a warehouse to deliver from, but you can actually walk in there and make the purchase if you so choose. So I think right. where I agree with you is that I think Amazon is trying to do two things at the same time. One is we want to be the king of delivery, but if you're still interested, we can double our space as a warehouse and a place that you can go to. And so I'm, I'm, I'm yes. believing that that's probably why retail is not going to wholly go away, but I think it's going to take on a different look. I, I don't, since we really don't know the future, never do, whether it be stocks or retailing, I would say your, uh, your analysis uh, fits perfectly with my unknown answers. And I'm, I, I'm just saying that I don't think these other companies are stupid. I don't think these other companies are going to roll over and play dead. And if Amazon is starting to play our game where we have 700 stores, 1,000 stores for distribution, and now they want that at Amazon, well, we can, right back at you, we can improve our delivery systems uh, as well. The, the, target, the target should be able to deliver. Target should be able to increase its online presence and offer every discount that, uh, that Amazon offers. Uh, I, I see competition. Uh, I, I would think they would be remiss if they didn't want to compete with Amazon, that, that I find it strange in the United States of America and a capitalistic economy, a free market, that they would not compete with Amazon. That's yeah, just my I, view. You know, I, I think you're right. I, I think that those that are stubborn enough that say we're going to continue to do it the way we've always done it, I think those are the ones that are going to lose out. I think those that are yes. willing to adapt and overcome, I, I am a little concerned, though, I'll be honest with you, I am a little concerned that some of these companies are not moving quickly enough. That's, that's, Agreed. Agreed. That's, that's my concern because I can see them being consumed. I can see that there's going to be the next cha- there's going to be another chapter of buyouts from not just the Whole Foods, but that there's going to be another chapter somewhere else because Amazon can because they have the money. Jeff Bezos has the money to be able to do it because somebody's not getting okay. up quickly enough. Well, the reason you're not wrong is because it remains to be seen. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you have a better than 50-50 chance of being perfectly correct about that. Uh, I, I, I have no argument. Um, but, uh, you know, if you see, a, say, a tar, uh, say a Walmart just gets together with Target, <laughs> uh, they can stand up and fight, you know, from the plank. They don't have to roll over and play dead. I, I don't know how they run their company. I do not know how these people think, really. But looking at the bigger landscape, uh, they cannot be – I cannot believe they're narrow-minded. Uh, I, I would find that odd that, they, that these bigger uh, companies, uh, uh, they're going to figure it out. 
Well, um, I do. Those are my comments. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I hope they do. I, again, my my biggest concern is that they're not moving fast enough. I mean, Amazon is moving rapidly. They're not standing still. And I'm looking for these other companies. I, I listen. I remember, like you, I can. I'm old enough to remember having a Sears catalog because we lived right. out in the country in Nebraska. Okay, and we didn't have a right. Sears store. But we could order from that catalog. And then I remember when and there was actually not a retail center. It was an ordering center that we had to go to, right? And we right. thought that was pretty cool, <laughs> right, that we had to what go goes, to. What goes, around, what goes around comes around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yes. people, there was no store. There was, okay, this is in Wahoo, Nebraska. There was no store. We, had, we weren't big enough to have a Sears store, but they had a Sears ordering center. Where you would go in, and you would order something, and then they would deliver it to the store, and then you'd come and pick it up in a, in a few days, whatever whatever you did. Yeah. Well, well I, in those days, it didn't take that long because it all came from Chicago, which was just <laughs> up the street from Nebraska. You know, it's uh, you know three states, four states. So very central. Uh, not only is Nebraska central, Chicago is very central, and that right. was the delivery system back then. And really, it's a model that is not really that different from what Amazon is doing uh, d- digitally and uh, online and uh, and by buying Whole Foods. They're, they're it's, trading. It's this true. Is, you said it earlier. Yeah, you said it earlier. Yeah, It's true. So. What people don't understand is this system has actually been around for a long – that was my point I was making. This system <laughs> has been around for a long, long time. It's just that somewhere, right. Sears, and I don't know how they missed it. But somehow Sears missed it. They had it in the palm of their hands. They they actually had the thing already there. They didn't digitize it. And if they would have digitized right. it, I think Sears is I think Sears is the player more so than Amazon is. But they didn't. And that's my concern with other companies. That folks, you've got this thing right here in the palm of your hands. You're not that far away. We've been delivering pizzas for a long time. Okay, we've been having them made right. somewhere else, and we're having hot pizza delivered. Okay, so delivery is not foreign to us at all. So, oh no, no, we love it. We love right. it. We love it. So we, they've, Amazon has applied it to a larger scale, but folks, that's been around forever, and somehow these retailers have not jumped on board. That's what concerns me, Harvey. That concerns me because if you can't see that. What are you missing on it? Why did Amazon get so big, so fast, and the other retailers didn't jump on board? That's my concern. Right. So, and then this, the concern needs to trickle down, uh, and I, I'm going to sort of close some of my comments with this. The concern, I have no concern that it's excellent for America and, and the world, the Western world, the capital supported like America is. Uh, that we have delivery and we can order online. I'm tickled to have that because I know ultimately it saves me money, it saves me time. I think the worry is it going to be delivered by just one company right. and the one who's in the lead is obviously Amazon or is it going to be spread around like our car dealerships are around? We even have some foreign influence, you know, obviously Japanese cars, other Asian car manufacturers, the Europeans, the Germans especially and other European countries. So uh, I, I'm not against and I favor competition because then that makes the American product 
get more focused, say, well, uh, we're still the leader in virtually everything on the planet. And uh, I invite the existing brick and mortars that are the biggest and the strongest, the Walmarts and the Targets and the Costcos and the Home Depots, get on board so there's competition, and that's going to drive consumer price or keep because if we allow a monopoly then there's going to be uh standard oil of new jersey under under the rockefellers with a monopoly uh, you corner the market and and we don't want that yep you're right we don't want that you were absolutely right well well harvey um i appreciate you being with us today check out customizewallstreet.com check out customize wall street the book the brand new book is on its way and uh i apologize for us running over here uh harvey but uh thanks for being with us today my friend I want to thank you, and I want to thank Jay. What an excellent conversation. It was an honor to be part of this, and I hope our listeners enjoyed it. I Definitely. really do. It was an excellent conversation. I loved it. Definitely. Thank well, thank you, Harvey. And, uh, Jay, we will let you go for this hour, and I will talk to you in the next hour. <laughs> or, or, do you, or do you want me to hang on? Hey, if you want to hang out, that's yeah. awesome. We will do it. I just I just got to take a quick commercial break, and then we uh, we got our next couple guests we, we've got to get to. And uh, at some point, we're going to decompress from uh, the, the, the Barry Mezzi interview. <laughs> but uh, I will be right back. Uh, Jay Izzo is going to be back with us here in just a second. We're going to take a break and come back with more here on our big broadcast. Marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. An amazing, amazing Kickstarter project. Help thousands of families and get permanent rewards by backing this incredible campaign. Check it out today on Kickstarter.com. That's K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Wildfire Protection Barrier Shield. Wildfires. It's about time we change how we protect our investments. Devastating wildfires destroy thousands of structures every year. And Crystal Saunders is with us today to help us with this incredible project. Check it out on Kickstarter.com. A protective barrier that saves property and belongings from wildfires. Wildfires have devastating consequences for people caught in their path. Thousands of families lose their homes, businesses, and belongings every year. Wildfires move quickly and unpredictably. People in at-risk areas usually have little warning before they must evacuate their homes, leaving them with no option to abandon their belongings and get on the road quickly. They return to find that their home, business, family, heirlooms, and the memorable moments they shared in those places are gone. Many of them are left destitute and without a home. Check it out today on Kickstarter.com. It's K-I-C-K. S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Hello. Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to reach. You have reached EBGO Vision Media. Brad Butler, Jiggy Jaguar, calling you for your interview. We are going to see if we can get Brad Butler on here in just a second here. See if we can bring him in. Then we'll grab Jay Izzo. Hopefully we can get Brad Butler on the line. Brad Butler. Paging Brad Butler. Paging Brad Butler. Hopefully Brad... You have reached EPGO Vision Media. We are not in right now, but we will return your call. Brad, I'm calling you, my friend. Uh, we're calling you on Skype. I'm going to try you back here in just a second, brother. So uh, that's Brad Butler. <laughs> and, uh, we are going to see if we can get him back on the line here. Because we, we get him in here. Hello. So we can... Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to reach. 
You have reached EB Go Vision Media. James Lowe for Brad Butler, radio interview right now on the radio. We are going to see if we get him in here, because if not, we're going to go to Dr. Jack Caravelli. You snooze, you lose. Because <laughs> I, cause I got to get going. I got to get going. There's Brad. You have reached EP Brad, I'm calling you right now on Skype, my man. Okay. Well, um, let me see what I can do because I got to get my I, I've got to get my co-host in here, and my co-host is on Skype. So I was trying to call you via Skype to phone. Um, let let let, let me let me do some digging here and see if I can uh, see if I can patch you through on the phone and Skype and have those interface. Um, give me like ten minutes okay. and I'll uh, and I'll give you a call back here. Let me do some checking. Brad Butler apparently is not going to be able to join us, so we are going to go to Dr. Jack Caravelli. Um, the good doctor is uh, going to join us. And then we'll bring Jay Izzo in here. Uh, Hello? Dr. Jack Caravelli, thank God. Uh, <laughs> we've got the doctor on the line, and we are going to go to... To Dr. Jay Izzo here in just a second. We had some craziness happen today, uh, Dr. Jack, and I'll tell you, it is, uh, it's, 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 it's just insane, Dr. Jack. I think we got Jay, Jay Izzo joining us. Jay, um, yes. we've got our, our, our next, uh, Next artist with us today, I guess, uh, Dr. Jack Caravelli. He's never been called an artist. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, people that know me best. <laughs> now, uh, Dr. Jack Caravelli, there is a heck of a lot going on in the world around us. Um, uh, earlier when me and Jay were chatting, he mentioned something about, uh, football season is upon us. I know that you're a football fan. Uh, <laughs> So let's start there, and then we'll get into the heavier stuff as as we head towards the end of the segment here. Um, Dr. Jack, are you excited for football season? I know you're a big football guy. No, it obviously signals the, the change of season. And living in Washington around this time of year, I always prepare myself for a heavy dose of disappointment. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, the Washington Redskins, of course, just... Spent a ton of money, uh, sort of re-signing for another year their quarterback. Uh, with awesome uh, real offensive power, their defense is probably mediocre, and uh, I'd be surprised if they did better than maybe something like eight and eight. Uh, and maybe that's a, a moral victory given all, all the other nonsense that is uh, occurring in Washington these days. Oh, Doctor Jack, I feel you. And I, I, I got to tell you, I, I feel for you because I like your cousins just as well as anybody else does. And but it's time they gave up so much to keep him there, and they lost so many pieces. And I agree with you. I, I had said the same thing. Based on everything else, you have a pretty good quarterback over there, but I don't see you being better than Nate. And you're in a pretty tough division with some, you know, pretty a lot of great pieces. And I know you're going to hate this, and I'm not a fan of them. 
But Dallas looks awful good in that division. They really well, do. Yeah. They yeah, look no, awesome. I, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's the way it is. The, you know, the, the franchise itself, I mean, you, you know all this. The, you know, the franchise itself has been, you know, in turmoil for years. The, the leadership has been, you know, to, to, to be generous, mediocre. And those things, uh, you know, watching just professional sports across the board, as I, I know James also does, you know, you you start to realize that, you know, le- leadership in the front office really, you know, makes a difference on the field. And, uh, you know, you the Washington sort of experience over the last 10 or 15 years really proves that. Well, at least you have the Senators. Uh, we, well, the Nats. You mean the baseball team? Yeah. yeah I mean, sorry. Why, uh, hey, look what yeah, I did. Yeah. I went back to 1960. I went to back to 1960 and called them the Senators. Yeah, the Nats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a flashback there for a minute. The, uh, no, they, they're, they're a very good team. They've got they've had a lot of injuries yeah. through the season. I think they're going to get most of their guys back yeah. by the playoffs. But they, um, you know, they've certainly got the talent to go really deep into the playoffs. So the Dodgers, of course, in the NL are also good. But uh, so this, this is fun. It's a fun time of year. I mean, on, on top of baseball and football, you know, we'll quickly roll into the. You know the start of you know basketball and hockey seasons, and you know that all, all those things give me something to read on the uh, sports pages of the Washington Post more than <laughs> some of the political nonsense. Well, it's, speak- uh, it, it, it's my it, it's my mental salvation. Well, speaking- well that's what's going to. I was going to ask you yes. in light of all the politics. The I mean, listen, you're in. There is nothing. I don't think there's anything safe in Washington D.C. when it comes to politics right now. Because I, I think, man, I've never seen it so divided in all my years of being able to vote and and actually witness, you know, changes between presidents and political climates. I've never seen anything like this, Doctor Jack, ever, ever. I've well, never. Jay, I agree. You know, this is something that James and I have talked about a lot. He's done an incredible job of just really sort of zeroing in on the you know, the really important things that are happening. And, you know, that's pretty much at the top of the list. But I I fully agree with you. I've been in this city since the 1970s. Uh, and I've, uh, you know, I even sort of lived, lived through the Watergate days, which are pretty unpleasant. But, I mean, the toxicity and the just the general unpleasantness all around the city uh, just, you know, it, it's sad to me. I spent a great deal of time overseas and whenever i travel wherever i go people just kind of look at me with the same sort of sense of remorse and just <laughs> shake their heads and say i mean you know what are you guys doing to yourselves and that's uh, I, I really have no good answer these days yeah that's what i was going to ask you where I, I mean i i gotta be honest with you just from a guy who you know kind of sits on the outside and talks for a living speaks for a living and writes for a living I'm, I got to ask you. This is. I feel like we are just so prime right now for implosion and destruction. I mean, I really do. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but feel that you know. One of the things they always say: divide and conquer. And I mean, I've never seen us probably more open because we're so divided to being able to be susceptible to that type of thing. Well, you know, sadly, again, I, you know, I think you're you're on to something, Jay. The, uh, you know, there's not, uh, you know, I guess my my view of the presidency. I, 
I worked in Bill Clinton's White House as a career officer, and you know, I, I so I have some views of just what you know a, any White House Republican or Democrat should do. And one of the things, again, at the top of my list, would certainly be that you know the you know you, you campaign as a Democrat or Republican, but you're you know once you're elected, you're the president of the people, president of the United States, and I. You know, I, there, are, there are some things I really do like about Donald Trump. One of the things I really do not like at all is the sense of what you just said uh, of divide. I mean, we, and this, again, uh, trickles down. I'll, I'll give you another example in the U.S. Senate. I, I have three sort of friends who are senators, you know, that I've known well and in, in for years. And two are Democrats, one's a Republican. And I, I've, I've asked them, you know, uh, over the past few months, all separately, sort of three conversations about the issue that you raised. And they've all said to me almost exactly the same words. And those words were basically that if, if we as senators, you know, tried to reach across the aisle to our counterparts, and we like a lot of them, you know, we would be branded by our respective parties as heretics. And, you know, that, that's not a good sign. We, we have problems in this nation that you understand as well as I do, and certainly James does as well, of, of taxes and infrastructure and the like that we, uh, you know, we just uh, need to get on with. And that's, uh, that's not happening in part because we, we can't find a consensus, uh, you know, to move these issues forward. But, Dr. Jack, don't you think, though, I mean, listen, you have a remarkable history, okay? I mean, people will go and read your bio and, you know, go to Free Beacon and read uh, Dr. Jack's bio. You have a remarkable history. But don't you, but don't you believe, though, that some of this is because we create these pre-narratives that don't allow us at least now, but I've never seen this either as much as I see it now, but somebody, you, well, you're a writer, you, you write like I do. I write yep. and there's these pre narratives set it up so that you can't cross the aisle because we've pre narrative, right? We've created a narrative that says, if you, if you do a, this means this is what you are. Now here we are. We're supposed to be these non stereotyping people but we've created a narrative that automatically creates stereotypes. Well, we I, do. And I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know how to combat that. I don't know what the... I mean, propaganda is propaganda. You, you of all people know how that works. But propaganda is propaganda. If you set up the narrative in the right way, then you're going to prohibit people from being able to cooperate with each other. And that, that's the way it feels to me. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but that's the way it feels to me. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I fully agree. The, um, you know, we, we see that a lot in the media uh, where, you know, the, one of the, I guess, disappointing things to me, Jay, is, you know, the, at least the media that I see, and it's media is all, of course, but, you know, the major media outlets, they, they never surprise me, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate. There is such a uh, predictability to what they do, and these things lead to stereotypes, and, um, you know, again, it, it doesn't 
advance the narrative. I mean, you can find, you know, pick up any any day's copy of the Washington Post or New York Times or listen to some of the media outlets on television, and you know, it, it, it's just too predictable. It, it it almost doesn't matter what is done or said because those with agendas will, will fit their biases and agendas into into their reporting, and that is a, at least to me, you know, an extraordinary disservice, you know, to the public. Look, my and I, and James has been really good on this. We've talked about it a lot on the on the times I've shared with him. And look, you know, my view is, look, on the editorial pages, you know, if the Post or the Times want to, you know, beat beat the living daylights out of Trump, you know, go for it and God bless. But you know, the sort of the A sections, the Supposed news sections of the paper uh, really are, 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 you know, should not be, you know, just sort of an extension of the editorial. In fact, I was reading today. Actually, it's in the New York Times. The the editor of the Wall Street Journal, um, and this is New York Times reporting. The editor of the Wall Street Journal told his guys that are writing, quote unquote, in the news columns. You know that their work had been uh, when they covered the, the the recent Trump speech in Arizona, just too slanted and too editorializing. And he said, you know, write articles that actually report what was said, and we'll let the editorial people, you know, take on the commentary. So, you know, in, in a lot of ways, your 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 views on stereotypes, you know, play out. And you know, it's, it, I think it's just part of a larger dynamic where, you know, we are, you know, no longer tolerant or very often tolerant uh, or accepting or willing to listen, you know, to the views of others. And I, you know, we, we, we see that every day. And again, none of this serves any particular national interest. And it's troubling that we don't have leadership on both sides of the aisle that, you know, calls it as you did for what it is. So, let, let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room because just north of me here, about three and a half hours away, is Charlottesville. And I, I what what type of security? I know you're into security and security policy. What type of security challenges are there now as a result of that? In, in what sense, Jay? I, I well, with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 